Hello. I won't go back. <laughs> You're supposed to say hello. <laughs> oh, hello. I'm Tamara. I'm Azriella. And this introduction is a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but, ah, uh, this is it's moody. <laughs> a true crime podcast. That was my life. <laughs> Today it's mine, and I'm doing the Ashlyn tragedy. Have you ever heard of it? I feel like I have. Okay. I'm kind of like, eh, about this one just because it happened so fucking long ago. How long ago? 1881. (laughs) It's at least three years. (laughs) It's a minimum of two months. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. (laughs) This is the violent- You know, they can't see you when you do the pizza. She's bisexual. Just say no. (laughs) Okay. Shut up! Let me do this! <laughs> Sorry, my phone keeps buzzing. Azriella keeps talking. No, um, okay, so this is the violent murder of three teenagers in 1881 in Ashland, Kentucky, and their names were Fanny Gibbons, Robert Gibbons, and Emma... Sis- <laughs> Emma... Carico. Sarico. I don't know how to pronounce it. This is 1881. Nobody has that last name anymore. <laughs> Fanny and Robert are siblings. Fanny was 14, and this is how she was described. A handsome girl. (laughs) Could you, could you imagine? (laughs) I get it. I feel it. She's really pretty, but more like a man. (laughs) You know Um, people just have, like, a handsome face? I would hate. Like a jizzled chin? A jizzled? Yeah. It's a jizzled. (laughs) What did I say? I said (laughs) jizzled chin. You know what I mean? They got jizz all over that chin. (laughs) Yes. She's so handsome. Okay, anyway. A handsome girl with a cheerful disposition and winning manners. She was like, she didn't do that at the table. She's proper. (laughs) She's a proper lady. She was like this. (laughs) She also had many friends, so apparently that was really important. I can't relate to that. Yeah, me either. Not handsome, not cheerful, don't have any manners. Okay, so Robert was 17 and he lost his leg when he fell in front of an empty cart that was being pushed along a track by employees of the Norton Ironworks. That's all he's described as. Just no no detail about him. Nope. Just this was a 17-year-old who didn't have a leg. <laughs> Here's how. 1881, just a what game a of telephone. Story. <laughs> and then this is Emma. She was 15 and was described as a well-developed, fine-looking girl. She's 15. Well-developed. Do not call a 15-year-old well-developed. That is pedophilic and disgusting. Ah, she was loved by all who knew her. Because she was very well-developed. Yeah. <laughs> On December 23rd, 1881, the three of them were all staying at Robert and Fanny's home when Martha Gibbons, which is their mother, asked Emma to come over while her and her youngest son, Sterling, who was 11, were out visiting family across town. Their father, John, was out of town for work, and that night, George Ellis, William Neal, and Ellis Craft went into the home and beat the three teens to death with axes and then set the house on fire. And I'm starting... That escalated out I'm starting you out strong. Nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, a little bit of a background. Emma lived across the street, and on the morning of December 24th, Emma's mom looked out the window and thought that the house was dark, so they must still be sleeping, because, you know, it's fucking 4 a.m. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't say that. It was around 4 a.m. So, after she did the chores around the house, she looked back at the house around 6 a.m., 
and saw that it was on fire. So somewhere between four and and six, it really became a blaze. Like, you couldn't see the fire. Um, You don't smell that shit? Right? Like, I don't know how far apart these houses were. Like, okay, like, even when someone's, like, burning firewood, like, it could be, like, down, like, Mm -hmm. the way. You can still smell that shit as soon as you walk outside. Yeah. Some reports say that she saw it that night and rang the alarm bell, and some say it was that morning and she ran out of her house screaming, Fire! Help! Fire! But again, 1881. Who's telling this story, you know? Everyone. (laughs) Me. The gossipers in town. Wow. The witches. Neighbors woke up and a few ran into the house and found the three teens inside and realized their heads were bashed in. So they realized they didn't die from smoke inhalation or anything like that. The girls were also raped. Yeah. It never fails, right? The townspeople accused John, the father, immediately. But of course, since he was out of town, it just wasn't possible. There was like... There was a whole thing where they went to go after him, and then they found out, like, no, 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 this whole time he was in a different state. Like, yeah. And so he in had... In 1981, going to a different state is, like... It took forever. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, no, I have a car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just... He had to find out that his kids were murdered when he was out of town. Like... Jeez. You've got to be fucking kidding Until I think that, like, if I was there, that could have been prevention, maybe. Yeah, maybe, or he could have gone out with his wife and son. Yeah. Like, who knows? So, George Ellis went into a police station and gave his confession within a couple of days. This guy was a fud. Like, ugh. These are some quotes that I'm paraphrasing because it's long, but most of it is, like, most of it's exactly what he said. Yeah. Um, I met Ellis Craft, who stated that he was going to see Fanny Gibbons and take her some black candy, and that he was going to have intercourse with her, and he wanted me to come along. She's 17. And he's, like, in his 30s. Intercourse isn't the word you would use. No. I'm gonna go rape her. Yeah. And black candy, was that, like, licorice, do you think? Black licorice? Probably. Or, like... Black candy? First of all, black licorice? Fucking disgusting. I've never had it, so I don't know. Also, it can kill you. Can it? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I'm eating. If you eat a lot of it, it can kill you. Which I feel like that's everything, but it's fine. So at around midnight when we got to the house, Ellis raised the window. By the way, I'm using their first names, but the quotes use their last names. Because there's, there's George Ellis and then Ellis Craft. Mm-hmm. So when I say Ellis, I'm talking about Ellis Craft. Mm-hmm. And then when they... I switched it, so okay. yeah. Ellis raised the window with an old axe and stepped in first. William stepped in after and left me on the porch. I followed in after. He, he like, stood on the porch for a couple minutes and then he walked in. Like, what were you making sure nobody was around? Like, what were you doing? Yeah. Robbie was the first aroused and started to get up when Ellis said, You had better lie still. Ellis then went to the bed where the two girls were sleeping and began to take improper liberties with them. Robbie said, you had better stay away from there when Ellis hit him with the axe. He fell back on the lounge, then plunged forward and fell fully six feet from the bed under the stairs where he was found. I, I don't I don't know what they were describing because I, I thought that maybe he fell off the stairs, but I don't think that that's right. The girls screamed when Ellis jumped on the bed and they both said, George Craft, what are you here for? Emma also started to jump from the bed when William choked her and pulled her onto the floor. She fought him, and I held her while he outraged her, which means while he raped her. Yeah. 
William then struck her on the head with the big end of the crowbar, and she instantly died after throwing up her hands. So, like, she went to block it, and he hit her, and she died. They were still raped. Jesus Christ, dude. Ellis also had some trouble with Fanny Gibbons and called on me to come and help him. He then outraged her and killed her. Will proposed killing the girls, and after they were dead, I took some coal oil, poured it over the bodies, and set fire to them with a match. We then left the house. When we got out, we separated. I, going home, I don't know where they went, I got home about half past three o'clock, and my wife made breakfast. At three in the morning? Apparently. Maybe it's because they start (laughs) their days super early, because it's 1881, and they have coal mining to go to. I laid down but did not go to sleep. Yeah, you just raped and murdered somebody, so. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you couldn't sleep. Oh, the poor baby. I heard the cry of fire about half past five when I was at breakfast. I went to the burning house but did not stay long. On the following Sunday morning when Kraft and I met at the place where the house was burned, Kraft asked me to take a walk. (laughs) So Kraft is like, which is uh, Ellis, Ellis Kraft. Mm -hmm. We went out towards the cemetery. He began talking about the affair and said it must be kept quiet. We met Neil and we all talked about it. They wanted me to sign a pledge to never talk about it. I told them I would think about it. They told me I better do better than that. And if I did not do so by the next Saturday night, they would put an end to me. We separated. I went home and Kraft and Neil went away together. Where? They just walked off together. They probably went to go discuss about if he doesn't cooperate with them, how they were going to kill him. George stated that the men were watching the girls for months before the attack. So they were basically stalking them yeah. and watching their every move, and knowing like their schedule, knowing mm-hmm. when they're going to be alone. Mm-hmm. I'm always so afraid of someone doing that to me. Yeah, like it's terrifying. Yep. Like I always afraid that like I'm going to be waking up in the middle of the night and like the little gap right there, I'm going to see somebody right there and like looking at me. That's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. It's terrifying. Okay. So the three men were taken to Cattlesburg Jail, but were removed to avoid a lynch mob. Reporters were allowed to speak to them, and Ellis and William were joking and singing the whole time, and denied they had anything to do with it. Well, they're joking and singing. Okay. Yeah. George refused to speak to reporters and was being held away from Ellis and William. The trial was held on January 16, 1882. The key witness is George Ellis' wife. She testified that George was home at 12 a.m. and 4.30 a.m. when she woke back up. No, baby. He was gone. You're yeah, lying. You're literally covering for him. I get it. Ride or die. But, like, when your husband murders and raise somebody. See ya. Have fun in the... Yeah. Yeah. She said that he was home the whole time. While George was being held in jail, his wife came to visit him, and people could hear her pleading with him to tell the real truth. You would think that they'd be able to use that. Right. In, like, the court of law. Why was your wife telling you to tell the real truth? What does that mean? Yeah. Mm. I don't know what she meant by that, but, you know. (laughs) These are quotes from George Ellis when he took the stand. He said, They took the axe and crowbar in the house with them. We passed through the front room to the second room, which is the middle room, where the girls and Robbie were asleep. Kraft and Neil went to the bed where the girls were. Kraft took hold of Fanny Gibbons and Neil of Emma. They stifled the girls by putting their hands over their mouths and choking them. The noise awakened Robbie, who was sleeping on a lounge in the same room. 
Kraft, who had choked Fanny near to death, left her and struck Robbie in the head with the axe and killed him, and then returned to the bed. Neil dragged Emma off the bed onto the floor, and Kraft ordered me to hold her until Neil accomplished his purpose, which I did. After Neil let her up, she began to rise up, crying and say that she was going home to tell her mother. Neil said, I guess not, and struck her on the head with the crowbar, and she fell back on the floor, dead. Kraft ordered me to come and help him. I went to the bed and put my hand on Miss Gibbons' shoulder. Miss Gibbons, as if she's, like, you killed her. Yeah. Well, Miss. don't call her Miss Gibbons. Like, as if you're respecting her. Yeah. <sighs> and Kraft outraged her, which he got the axe, after which he got the axe and killed her. Kraft then said to me, you have done none of the killing, but you must have a hand in it, and ordered me to get the coal oil and pour it over the dead body of the girls. I did, and Kraft set them on fire, and we left the house. George and William were convicted in a 10-day trial and sentenced to death. They appealed the verdict, and George was tried May 30th and sentenced to life, but a mob took him that same night and lynched him. As they should. As they should. Ellis and William were found guilty in separate trials in Grayson, Kentucky. Ellis was hanged on October 12th, 1883, and William was hanged on March 27th, 1885. I don't know about you, but when it comes to rapists and pedophiles... I think public hangings should be coming back. We should, you know, make a... Maybe we should throw some stone. Yeah. Maybe crush them with some stone, you know? You know? Bring back all that. Just when presidents would get murdered. <laughs> oh, God. The good old days. When presidents would get assassinated. Oh. Amazing. Yeah, that was my whole story, and it was only 15 minutes. <laughs> but, of course, it was 1881, and there's obviously not a not lot. Not a lot of information. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. That's so crazy that, like... I don't call anyone could look at a child. Because if you're 15, you're a fucking child. If you're 17, you're a child. Yeah. Looking at a child and be like, that's what I want. Oh, I'm going to rape you and then murder you because you're not doing what I want. Yeah. And it's just, it kind of sucks because Emma was just there by chance. Emma was just there because Martha asked her to come over mm-hmm. to keep the kids company. Yeah. Could you imagine being Emma's mom, though? And being like, my fucking daughter's in that house. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying yeah i can't even imagine the dad was out of town but so was the mom she was across the river she was across the river visiting her sister with her son it's like they could have all been there but i wonder if maybe they went in that night because they noticed that nobody else was home but the kids oh i'm 100 percent sure that's why they went in Hmm. don't leave your kids alone (laughs) don't leave your teenage children alone well it's just like robbie was like how old again like i don't remember wasn't he, like, 17? Yeah. He must have been twins. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you would think a 17-year-old boy being there would deter them. Like, just a little bit. No, not if, like, you're going there for, like, you know. Yeah. What do you think of my story? <laughs> I liked it. It just shits me out, man. I'm just glad it was a very long time ago and these men are dead. Oh, yeah. I understand. I'm so glad that, like, they killed him. <laughs> but if your last name is Gibbons, <clears throat> or... Yeah. or Carico, C-A-R-I-C-O, and you might have been related to them. So. Well, the people that got murdered. If your last name is Kraft, Neil, or William, or George Kraft, William, Neil, and Ellis Kraft. What? George Ellis. Sorry. Ellis Kraft and Neil. Yeah. There you go. Jesus. Can't even remember their names. There's a chance. That you were related to them. Look it up. Go to Ancestry. Do your Ancestry. I always wanted to do that. Not me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know how white I am. <laughs> Ew. 
I've been watching Selena, the series. Oh, it's you watching it. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is watching this? I mean, yeah. It's, it's so good. I like it so far. The dad is from that, uh, Desperate Housewives. Selena is uh, from The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah. I've never, like, actually, I stopped at, like, season five or something. Yeah, she's from, like, an older season. Uh, newer season, I mean. People are mad, because, like, Selena never looked like that. And I'm like, she looks exactly like that. What are you talking about? People are just upset because there's actual Mexican people playing Mexican people. Yeah, they're like, like oh, it's not a white person playing in Hispanic. It's not Demi Lovato. Oh, oh my god, people were like, Demi Lovato would have made a perfect Selena. No, she would not have made a perfect Selena. Demi Lovato doesn't have her body type, doesn't have her face. Like, when they show her, like, doing her videos and stuff like that, like, it looks exactly like her. And I'm like, oh my god. Wow. And she has, like, the body type of Selena, so. To have the body type of Selena. You know what? Are you covering that one? What? cover that one. Selena? Mm -hmm. Because I'm Mexican? You want me to cover it? (laughs) I feel like you could do it justice. (laughs) So, I don't know. It's a, it's a sad story. Fuck yeah, it is. Jenny Show was like, I don't like it because it it's not like the real movie. And I'm like, it's it's more about her life, though. Well, yeah, because they can do more because it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. So they can go more in depth than a fucking movie can. I think it's fucked up why she was murdered. Yeah. Just, it made no fucking sense. Like, Literally did not. You're going to take away a life of somebody that was actually revolutionizing the fucking... What is it like the separation between Mexican music and pop? Mm-hmm. And bringing it together. and like your proclaimed best friend. You were just an obsessed fan who wanted money. Yeah, so like, you took money when you weren't supposed to, and then when you were confronted about it, you freaked out and just shot her in the back like a fucking coward. Yeah, that's fucked up. We just covered it. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Well, that was this episode of Moody. I'm sorry that it was so short. It feels like maybe a bonus episode, like a mini, a mini Moody. <laughs> Should we make it like a intro, like morbid, like for our mini episodes? Mini, 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 mini Moody. <laughs> that was loud. Uh, no, I won't steal that from Ash. She, uh, she made it. Maybe mine will be like mini, mini, mini. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, mini Moody. Uh, Miniature? Miniature? Miniature Moody? Miniature? <laughs> the teeny tiny Moody. Um, okay, well. <laughs> teeny, 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 teeny tiny Moody. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> He's a little one. <laughs> Welcome to the little Moody. <laughs> little tiny baby Moody. Oh, he's a good Oh, he's a baby. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what are the other ones? Daddy Moody's? <laughs> Damn. Daddy. He's so big. Oh. A big bleed. <laughs> He's a chonky Moody. That's what those ones will be. She jumped out. <laughs> okay. Well, that was this episode of Moody, a true crime podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at moody underscore a true crime podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at moody, moody underscore, underscore crime. I keep thinking bitches underscore no. pod. No. Moody underscore crime. And then send us an email at moodypodcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye.